Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. Over the past several weeks, we have been doing a series on the path of discipleship exploring what it means and what is involved in being a disciple of Jesus and how we can be Jesus's disciple or his apprentice. We started off with Jesus's invitation to us to follow him. We then covered what it means to deny ourselves, to abide in Jesus, to be like Jesus, to learn from Jesus. And today we'll land at the penultimate in the series, by exploring what it is to be a disciple in a community of faith. Now, in preparation for this, I was reminded of a photograph of me that is somewhere out there, probably in my parents' attic, and I couldn't find it to show you, which is either good or bad, depending on your point of view. I'm about two years old and heading, I would guess at whatever speed I could muster it to, to a huge muddy puddle. And you can see various people behind trying to catch me. I think it came to mind as I was thinking about what I was like as a child. And I was very much the I can do it all by myself kid. Help was not welcomed or appreciated. I was quite happy to figure out what it was on my own. Thoughts, opinions or interventions, even if that meant stopping me ending up in the middle of a muddy puddle, could be kept quiet, thank you very much. Now I'm hoping that some of you were the same, or that you might have children, nieces or nephews that are the same way. And if I'm being really honest, it's a personality trait that I often find God still both working on and challenging me on. It is something that I find very easy to slip into. However, And it is quite a big however. This is not the way being a disciple of Jesus is supposed to be lived out. And it isn't the example set for us by Jesus. Our faith is not intended to be worked out on our own in a self-dependent silo. Being a disciple of Jesus means doing it together. As we see the verses we are looking at today in Acts. Let's turn to Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47, if you've got a Bible, and it will be on the screen as well. The Fellowship of the Believers They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. 
Now, to give a bit of background to where we find ourselves in these verses, earlier in Acts, there has been a massive outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This is a fulfillment of what Jesus tells the disciples in Luke chapter 24, verse 48, when he says, I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. We then find about 120 of Jesus' followers had been waiting in Jerusalem, and when the Holy Spirit fell, they were all together. Peter then goes on to preach arguably one of the most fruitful sermons that exists to date. And as we get to just before the passage we are looking at today, people are repenting and turning to God, culminating in verse 41, where it says, those who accepted his, or Peter's message, were baptised, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. What we are seeing here as we get to verse 42, and the following verses, is Luke, the writer of Acts, setting out the life of the early Jerusalem church, and, in doing so, is setting out a blueprint for us to see what church should and can be. The two aspects of the church that I want to look at particularly today are the shared devotion and the shared community. Before we explore what it is to be church with shared devotion and community, I think it's important to stop for a minute to look at the first word of verse 42, they. And don't worry, I'm not going to do this for every verse in the passage, every word in the passage. As mentioned, following Jesus was and is never meant to be a solo pursuit, something we can do all by myself. It is different to the individualism that the world offers us, and which I think for many of us we are all too familiar with. The world tries to convince us that this individualism is supposed to be our normal. But when we look through the Bible, we can see that God sets us on a different path to this. Before creation, there was a they. In Genesis 1, we see God creating and the Spirit hovering. In verse 26 of the same chapter, we read of an us. Let us make mankind in our image. We get into chapter 2 and God is given instructions to Adam of what to do in the Garden of Eden. And we get to verse 18 where it says, it is not good for man to be alone. And I was really struck by that verse. Adam is in the garden. He has full access to God. He can see him, walk with him in the cool of the day, talk with him. But God says, and I paraphrase, you know what, Adam, I think you need somebody else. And that someone isn't me. It's someone that is like you. What an example of the kindness of God that that is. He knew that we needed each other and he provided Adam with his own they. Now, if we fast forward to the New Testament, and as we saw at the start of this series, one of the first things Jesus does is to call people to gather a group of people to follow him, to be with him. He creates a they. And as I mentioned earlier, after the cross and resurrection, he instructs the disciples to wait together. 
It can be of no surprise then that when we get to Acts 2 and laying out what the church looks like, we start with a they. The pouring out of the Holy Spirit doesn't just change the individuals listening to Peter's preach, but it creates a community of faith where the will of God is worked out. In the cross, the resurrection and pouring out of the Holy Spirit, we are restored to full union with God and with each other for the good of the world. Okay, so shared devotion. What is it that this group of people were devoted to? Verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, the breaking of bread and to prayer. Firstly then, they were devoted to learning together. They were a church who sat at the feet of the apostles. They were hungry to hear teaching. They were more than eager. They were devoted to hear about God, to hear from God. Being a spirit-filled community must lead us to submitting to learning from the word of God. For us, we learn things from preachers on a Sunday morning, or at least I hope we do, which is great. But for me, I find that being part of a community group gives opportunity for us together and in more depth to wrestle with the teaching of Jesus, with what the Bible means for us, to learn from each other in a way that we can't do justice to on a Sunday. Now, I know that for some, getting to a community group is a sacrifice. It is hard to get in from work and to go out again. But I would encourage you to be part of a community group. This is not just as another meeting that we're supposed to be part of, supposed to be at, but it's part of a devotion to learning It is also a setting that helps us to get to know each other in a much deeper way and to build our relationships. Secondly, they were devoted to meeting together. They devoted themselves to fellowship. They were meeting together, gathering at the temple, meeting in each other's homes. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 to 26 Paul puts it this way, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. Now, I can remember times, particularly in my 20s, where I really struggled with church due to a number of factors. I'd been hurt by Christians in the past, I'd been part of a church that had split and I would often mull around in my head if I could use meeting up with Christians individually throughout the week as a way of saying I was still meeting together. However, I always knew that for me, if I did this, I would be twisting the verses to suit me. We are called to meet together as a whole and there is no getting away from it. Also, there is something really special when we meet together to worship Jesus in this way that just isn't there when we do it on our own. They were devoted to the breaking of bread, to communion. Often when we have communion, we will hear from the verses in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, He broke it 
and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. They are a group of people that are devoted to remembering what Jesus had done for them on the cross. His body broken and sacrificed, his blood shed, so that we can be restored to a full relationship with God, out of whom all this flows. Communion isn't just a funny ritual we do in church. It's an active remembering and a declaration of what Jesus has done for us at the cross and at the empty tomb. Finally, they were devoted to prayer. Prayer should be part of our rhythm of life as individuals, but also together as a community. And I have found that my faith grows when I pray with other people. There are times when, to be honest, I'm tired and I haven't the faith or desire to pray. But when I'm surrounded by people praying, chatting to God, worshipping God in this way, I can't help but have my eyes lifted from me and my circumstances back to God. Back in January, when we went through the vision for us here at CCM Gorton, which, if you haven't heard, can be downloaded on the podcast, we said we want to be a praying church, praying together with each other, praying one-on-one with each other, praying out loud in meetings as an overflow of worship. It also means taking up the opportunities we can to meet together and pray. The third Tuesday of the month, we meet here at the Oasis Centre, to pray together and it just so happens that that happens this week. Saturday mornings there is a women's prayer meeting on Zoom and although sometimes I might really want to stay in bed and have a lie-in and I have done that many times, I have never once regretted getting up to pray with our amazing community of women and the men don't feel need to feel left out. They may have taken a bit longer to get there but there is an early morning prayer meeting on a Tuesday where they gather on Zoom to pray. And there's also a 10 o'clock prayer meeting here on a Sunday morning, where we take time to pray for the service. We want the service to be a place where God is at work, where we're seeing the Holy Spirit moving. And we want to give time to pray into that before the service starts. The example set for us in Acts is to be a praying church. And that is certainly what we here at CCM Gorton want to be known for. Now, I think it's good for us to take time to pause and reflect on the things that we are devoted to. And doesn't the world offer us a myriad of options? We can be devoted to screen time, the next beep, the next notification, the wide variety of social media that offers us the next like or comment. We can be devoted to me time. And there is a multi-million pound marketing industry that is aimed at telling us that we need that. You've been working hard all week, and why don't you do this just one thing that's for you? We can be devoted to work, to hobbies, the next TV series that we can't possibly miss out on, to chasing after the wrong types of relationships. The list can go on. And it's not to say that any or some of these things are wrong in themselves. Very often, they aren't. 
But I think sometimes we slip into devotion to something that offers us far less than the fullness of life we find in a life devoted to Jesus. Let's move on to verses 44 to 47 and look at a shared community. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, a little dive into the word fellowship that we saw earlier would be helpful here. It comes from the Greek word koinonia, which comes from the word koinos, which is common, having everything in common or bringing it into community. Jessica Brody gives us a useful, simple definition of this, which is whilst there is no exact translation in English, koinonia is a Greek word most closely associated with concepts of holy covenantal fellowship. In short, it is a shared community that involves deep, close-knit participation among its people. So, let's have a look at what it is to be a shared community. Firstly, they were together. And that means we spend time with one another. And again, this can be a challenge for us. For a lot of us, we work. For some of us, we have family responsibilities, parents to look after, children to look after. And again, to be honest, we can just be tired. But just because it is a challenge or it's difficult doesn't mean that it isn't important or something we shouldn't be doing. A few practical suggestions I have found useful are making time to go for walks with people. It doesn't need to be a planned 10-mile hike. A few circuits of a local park is a great starting place. Or, if you've got a dog, invite somebody along for a dog walk. It doesn't work as well with other types of pets. Making time to go for a coffee with someone or an activity. Invite someone to watch a film or TV series together. Again, there might be small things that we do regularly, but each time we do them, it's building friendship and community. Another is serving together, and I promise this is not another plea for names to be added to rotors, but for me, I know that I've got to know people well when I'm working alongside them. Take a few minutes to text someone encouragement during the week, and having both done that and been on the receiving end of this, It can so often be the Holy Spirit prompting us and can be just the thing a person needs at the right time. I realise that isn't being together, but it does remind us that we are part of a community. Secondly, they were a sharing community. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. This wasn't a group of people that had sold everything they had and had a big pot of money that everyone was dipping into. We know that there are house meetings going on in Acts, so people still had property and possessions. It means we have an attitude, if you need something, I have something, let me help you out. That can be food and it can be friendship. Someone can be stressed or anxious about a situation and I can make time to listen, to pray, to be alongside them. And it can be possessions and stuff. 
Some of you may have heard this story already, but last autumn I had a run of things going wrong. The last of which was getting home quite late one night to find that my electrics had tripped. Now, after spending several minutes on Google trying to figure out how to work out what was going on, I found that the cause was a freezer that had died and was tripping the circuit. For someone else, it could have been something not to get stressed about, but I was not that person. I'm not ashamed to say I had a mini meltdown over it. I didn't really have the money to replace it, or to be honest, the emotional resource to think about how to go about replacing it. And excuse the pump, but my brain was just froze. Now, I was able to dump the contents of it into someone in this community's freezer space, which solved one problem. The second problem was removing the freezer from my house. And despite having a particularly small car and living alone, I'd initially thought that I could move it out of the house myself and get it to the tip. And just for, to give you an image of this, that would have meant lifting it up over a worktop and getting it out of the house. Before I made an attempt to this, I very quickly dismissed the idea. So I had to have help from someone taking it to the tip for me. After those things were dealt with, I then agreed with somebody at the beginning of the week that we would pray that that week I would have a replacement. And, full disclosure, I had absolutely zero faith for it. But when I mentioned the situation to someone in the CCM community, they said they would pay for a new one, sent me where to look and to choose one. And by the Friday of that week, it was delivered and I had a new freezer in situ. It was such an example of saying you have a need and I can help with that. Let me help you out. As well as seeing the kindness of God at work through the people in his community. And we can all do that in different ways. Finally, they were a community that ate together. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God. Now, this is different breaking of bread to the communion that I mentioned earlier. It is literally having people over for food, eating together in each other's homes. The dinner table is often a symbol of togetherness, a place for community, for family, a place where we celebrate together and sometimes mourn together. Eating together changes and deepens our relationship with each other. And we can see in the Gospels that there are plenty of time where Jesus sat down to eat with lots of different people. And to be honest, eating together is just fantastic. It's one of the reasons why we put resources into organising times on a Sunday when we can all gather to eat. Likewise, times like the men's breakfast yesterday and the recent women's breakfast. I would encourage you to make an effort to be part of these times. But also invite people over to your homes. Get around your tables to know each other more deeply. The other part of this verse is having times of joy and laughter together. Now I heard Tom O'Toole preach on this recently and he passed comment as to what a tame translation glad is. And I agree. It is more like exaltation and sincerity of heart. One of the Bible translations uses the words unaffected joy and sincerity of heart, which I think is more like what is happening here. And I would be happy to swap glad for unaffected joy. In Jesus, we have so much to be joyful for. And joy is so much deeper than happiness. 
It is more like something that overspills out of us from the work of the Holy Spirit. What impact would we have if we were a community overspilling in joy, particularly in a world that so often is bleak? The verses finish with the Lord added to their number daily, those who were being saved. This wasn't a cocooned community that had bunkered down and was separated from the world. As we look through the rest of Acts, the gospel is being preached. People are turning to Jesus. The apostles are in and out of jail for preaching the good news of the gospel. We are called to be an outward-looking church. It's one of the reasons why the community meals that we host on a Saturday here at the Oasis Centre are so important to us. And again, I would really encourage you to get to those if you can. But we will look at what this looks like fully in the finale of the series next week. When preparing this, I felt that the challenge is to ask ourselves what stops us from being a shared community? What is it that stops us from making time for each other to share with each other? And there will be things that come up that are different for each of us. I think that one of the things that might be true for many of us is lethargy, just being tired at the end of a day or the end of a week. And just the thought of adding more into our lives feels exhausting. I don't want to take away from those feelings, but there is a calling act to be devoted to God and to be devoted to each other. When we get to these verses in Acts, 3,000 people had been added to the church. Without the empowering of the Holy Spirit, I don't think we would see this loving home for thousands of new Christians where they were able to thrive, the church to be growing without leaders sinking. And so I think for some of us, maybe we need that refreshing that only the Holy Spirit can give. It still means work for us in partnering with God, and it still means sacrificing for each other. But it is doing it from a spirit-empowered place, not a human act of will in our own strength. I also felt that for some of us that it's a reminder that a shared, devoted community flows out of a devotion to God. And it's the balance of that line that we so often see on the axis with the upward line to God and the line out to each other. And sometimes they just need a bit of recalibrating. Phil Moore writes that the 3,000 gave up their lives to become part of the alternative community which lived for Jesus in Jerusalem. Master rubbed shoulder with slave and both treated one another as brothers. They were consumed with Christ and they poured out their lives to be part of his new community. And don't we want that here? We are a group of people that are different, different races, different economic backgrounds. Yet we want to be consumed with Christ and pour out our lives for the community. When we function or aim to function in this way, devoted to God and devoted to each other in building community, we are partnering with God in bringing the kingdom of heaven here on earth. As we share with each other, we all become shaped a little differently and we become a little bit more like Jesus. And don't we want to do that here in Gorton? I'd love to leave you with a challenge. And that would be to prayerfully consider what one thing you can do to build your devotion to God and to join in the building of the community here in Gorton in the coming weeks, months. And I think there are three groups of people specifically 
for those of us that need a recalibration of God and each other, that getting that balance right. For those that need a refreshing and re-empowering from the Holy Spirit. And also for those that just feel like they need to be refilled. Take opportunities to pray with each other, to build community in that way.